Are you here with an expectation? Yes. When I go to a restaurant, I go with an expectation that my hunger will be filled. How many of you go to a restaurant with no expectation? And then pay money for no expectation? Come on, talk to me. How many of you go to a restaurant with no expectation, but have money in the wallet to pay for the food with no expectation? You don't do that. So why is it when you come into the house of God, there's no expectation? What are you expecting today? What are you expecting today? Tell me something. What can't the Lord not do in your life? Okay. That was tricky. What can Jesus do in your life? He can do anything. He can do everything. But the question is, can he do today? Can you do today? He can do as per your expectation. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, that the Lord shall, he'll outdo your expectation. He'll outdo your imagination. So if you don't imagine anything, there's nothing to outdo. So what's your expectation today? What is your expectation? You've come into the house of the Lord. What is your expectation? You know, sometimes we, we humans are so, we, we can get in the whole flow of being so mechanical that we do things without even realizing why we are doing what we are doing. There was a fire in 1947. But then somewhere, we are also going, everybody is going to church, we are also going to church. Set an expectation. Any farmer who sows the seed in a ground has an expectation that that seed will bring forth fruit. Set an expectation. Your expectation is a breeding ground for your miracle. Your expectation is a breeding ground for your miracle. So set your expectation so that the Lord can outdo it. Amen? Amen? I love eating barbecue. Especially if there's a place that has unlimited barbecue, that's like heaven for me. So the first time I had like a barbecue buffet was probably 10 years ago. And that was my first time, it blew my mind. I was like, something like this exists? Wow. And, and my thinking while I was coming back home, man, if I could eat barbecue every day like this, that's like heaven. After the first time I had, the next time I had barbecue was like three months. And I had the barbecue and I was like, wow, man, this is so good. It's, it's much better than I thought it would be. It's much better than last time. And then the frequency increased. I started going more. But the thing is, the more I started going, the more I started disliking it. 
The problem was not that the quality of the food was declining. The problem was my standard of taste was increasing. No? I'm trying to make a point, a spiritual point here. Yeah, it's not about food. There's a spiritual point. The reason why I s stopped liking that food is because of the frequency. Now I need something much better to really get me that, you know, that same feeling that I had, the same feeling of awe. But if I don't have barbecue for like a year and then I go, it feels, still feels good. But the frequency of having the same food, even though it's amazing, you've reached that same level. Now you need something more. You need, you need something better. Because we have experienced a level of God's glory, it doesn't get us wow. It doesn't get us excited. Why? Because we are in that constant glory of God. In the beginning, it was like, man, Lighthouse is such an amazing place. I'm telling you, bro, you should come with me to Lighthouse. But then you, you get stuck. You get familiar. And then everything feels so mechanical. Yeah, it's good. But you don't realize that you are at a level of glory. You are at a level of God's peace that you've never experienced before. It's just, it's just become, it has become familiar. That's why you don't value it. And because we don't value it, we don't value it. Over, over a period of time, we fall into something. And then we realize, oh man, I have that. And then receiving this glory feels like a person who has been prisoned in a cave for a very long time and then coming out into the light and it feels like, wow. I had this for so many years, but why did I not... Why did I not recognize it? So for many of us, for many of us, we, we, how do I say this? For many of us, having an attack of the enemy is what makes us be in awe of God's glory. Or having something evil happen to us or having us, you know, falling in sin or sickness, it, then that's when we realize we need God. And then when God comes through, we experience, wow. And then for a season when we stay there, it becomes so familiar that you don't realize what you have. And life becomes monotonous. Life becomes mechanical. Yeah, I, I, I love the declaration. I love the worship. But yeah, it's not, it's not giving that drive. And some of us purposely do this. Let me, let me feel this for a moment. Let me feel the darkness so that I can understand the value of light. I'm telling you, you don't have to experience sin to understand how good God is. You don't have to fall into sickness to experience the goodness of God. Yes, there's a big difference when a person moves from darkness into light and experiences glory of God like never before he has experienced. But you don't have to go back into darkness to experience the goodness of God. But most Christians keep doing this. Ooh, Sunday, Monday to Friday. 
Say with me, more glory. Whatever level of glory that you are in today, there's more glory. It's not like the barbecue restaurants. They have one standard and they keep the standard. There's not so much more. There's, they're limited. There's little that they can do. But with God, more glory. Amen. More glory. Whatever level of glory that you're in, if you find yourself familiar, if you find yourself that, ah, I'm okay with this, God, give me more, then get for more. Ask for more. Ask for more. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable that the only time that you think about God is when fire has come into your life. Prayer becomes a means of firefighting. Oh, there's enough fire. Now I need to pray. Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord. Prayer should become our lifestyle, not just means of firefighting. When there's fire, I'll put water, so let me pray. No. Whatever level of glory that you're in, you have to believe God that there is much more. He is an unlimited God of glory. Unlimited. First Peter 4 talks about your inheritance. It says, your inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven. Imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven. Meaning you have access to an unlimited inheritance. And here you are satisfied with 40,000 rupees salary. Because you prayed for an increase of salary and you got that and now you're satisfied and now you think you don't need God. The answers to these small prayer is not your destiny, my friends. Well, I want to get married, I want to get married, I want to get married. And then finally you get married, now you don't want God. Am I making sense to you? There is always more. Say with me, there is always more. There is always more. Jesus died so that you could have the blessing of Abraham, which is the Holy Spirit. Not, that Holy Spirit is not just there to get you creative in your workplaces, which is good, which you need. The Holy Spirit is not just there to help you live a healthy life, which is good and which is needed. The Holy Spirit is not just there so that you can have healthy relationships, which is good, which is needed. But it's, he's there not in you just for that. The potential of the Holy Spirit is to consume the cosmos through you. When, when Jesus, in Matthew 28, he's just ascending. And before he leaves, he tells his disciples, make disciples of all Nations, if your life is not discipling nations, you haven't reached anywhere, my friend. There's so much more. There's so much more that we, we can grow into. There's so much more glory that we can grow into. Don't get comfortable. Oh, we fill this place. It's a good church. Let's stay here. Let's just do church. No, there's so much more ground to cover. There's so much more ground to cover. The Lord says in Psalms 2, ask of me and I shall give you nations as inheritance. You're asking God for 200 gajka house. God is, God is saying, 
You asked of me and I'll give you nations as inheritance. Where is your 200 gudge and nations? Where is it? What's the, you, do, do you see the difference? And we have become comfortable. Comfortable in the little blessings of God. But there's so much more. My friends, I want to tell you there's so much more. Don't get comfortable. God has so much more for you. To disciple nations. When God created Adam and Eve, what did he say? He blessed them. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. He blessed them and he said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, fill the earth, subdue. Subdue, meaning there should be no one competing with you. Subdue. And have dominion. Fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue. That's dominion for you. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 8 says, And God planted Eden. And after he planted Eden on the earth, He put man there to work the ground. To work, work in the garden. So first of all, work is not a curse. Work is a blessing. For all those of you who think that in heaven you'll only be singing, giving you news, you'll have work. Because work is God's blessing. So God put Adam in the garden, garden of Eden, to work. Work is not a curse. Work is a blessing. Monday to Friday, Monday, starting with Monday blues, as soon as Thursday evening happens, you're like excited. Friday, 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 Friday. The end of weekend. It's because work is not a blessing for you. But God gave work to Adam so that work will become his purpose. Work will be a source of blessing. Are you with me? So, who created the Garden of Eden? God. So God literally pulled out an atmosphere from heaven and put it on the earth and he called the Garden of Eden. A Garden of Eden is a complete reflection of God's dwelling place in heaven. That's Garden of Eden. In fact, do you know what's the meaning of Eden? It means pleasure. God wants you to enjoy pleasure. God wants you to have pleasure. So he, he pulled out an atmosphere from heaven. He put it on the earth. He called it the Garden of Eden. And he gave responsibility to Adam to work the garden. Adam's responsibility was to work the garden. In Genesis 1.28, God said, Be blessed, fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue. That means this atmosphere that God has blessed you with, it was Adam's responsibility to, to use this atmosphere and to fill the earth with the same atmosphere pulled from heaven. Over all the earth, God... In a portion of land, he pulled the atmosphere of heaven and God put Adam there and he said, now fill the entire earth with the same atmosphere. That was him taking dominion over the earth. His agenda, his mandate was to take the atmosphere that he has received and to bring dominion 
over the entire earth. So the Garden of Eden, the boundaries the Garden of Eden had, it had to be expanded, it had to be stretched. That was a mandate. There was a mandate. There was dominion. My friend Sage said something and I loved it. He said, God wanted Adam to expand the garden, not just for Adam to experience dominion, but also for Adam to experience something very special. Because the Bible said, in the evening, the Lord would walk in the garden and he would have fellowship with Adam and Eve. So the more Adam had dominion over the garden and he expanded the garden, there was much more to walk. So as you increase in dominion, you also increase in intimacy with God. Just having theology and doctrine don't be satisfied. I'm saying, ask yourself, have I really grown? I know the theology of dominion. Yes, I get it. But have you really grown in intimacy? Dominion is not to trample over people. Dominion. That's the world kind of dominion. Dictatorship. You trample over people's heads and you promote yourself. You see that pattern throughout the corporate. That's not dominion. Dominion is to disciple nations through love. You trample over snakes and serpents and scorpions and things that Jesus died for, but you, you serve people through love. That's dominion. So if your, if your knowledge of dominion is not leading you to greater knowledge of loving people and loving God, you're just talking. We're just talking. Our faith in God has to be expressed in the love that we have for people. So very simple way to just, just, you know, just see like a report card of your spiritual growth is how much do I love God? And how much do I love people? Is this better than last year? Is this better than last quarter? That's a very simple way to judge your growth. Amen? So what am I trying to say? God has given you a garden. There's a garden of Eden that you have. And that garden of Eden is your heart. God has given you a garden. And he wants you to expand that garden. Expand that garden so that more people can fit in that garden. Do you see how dominion and intimacy are connected? So dominion is for, me, for us is not just to have bigger salary, bigger car, bigger house. Those are complementary. Dominion is for us to have a bigger heart so that we can include more people. So that we can love more people. Just as Christ loved the church, we can love one another. So I want to challenge you. This message of sonship that you have received, the message of sonship that God calls you his son, that you are his beloved son, don't just limit it into the area of finances, in the area of growing in your career, in the area of just these materialistic things. Sonship is revealed in how you serve people. 
Sonship is revealed in how you serve people. If you got three promotions in a quarter, but you are really bad with people, John chapter 13 shows how Jesus took the took the appearance of a servant and washed the feet of his disciples. That, my friends, is sonship. Because he's telling his disciples, hey, you know, God the Father, the creator of the universe, he's willing to be so humble to come down to your level and he's willing to wash your feet. Amen. Not the message that you want to hear, but it's the message that you need. Sonship is not just about taking dominion over sickness, taking dominion over finances, taking dominion over demonic oppression. It is there, no doubt. But the purpose of sonship is to serve people, to show to the broken world the loving father. If you, if you have taken dominion over everything, but if you have failed to show to the broken world the loving father, you missed the purpose of sonship. What does Romans 8.15 says? That we have received the spirit of sonship and the Holy Spirit witness within us that we are God's children so that we can call him Abba, Father. Our purpose over here as sons is to reflect him, is to express him. Everything else is complementary. And I'm not saying that you should not pursue dominion over finances. I'm not saying you should stay comfortable where you're. That is not what I'm saying. But what I'm trying to tell you is the reason why God blesses us in every area of our life is so that we can love people. We can love people and we can be a blessing to people. Okay? Now... Everybody has received the spirit of adoption as sonship. So everybody over here has received the matured sonship. God sees you as a matured son. But do you know, not everybody receives the same influence. Meaning, let me, let me just explain this. We all start with a measure of faith. Okay? God is not impartial. We all start with a measure of faith. So we all get an area of influence where we can exercise being a son. And as faithful we are in the little, God increases our area of influence. So that we can exercise faith more. So it's based on our faithfulness. It's based on how well we steward what God has given us. That we actually increase in the area of our dominion. Now the sad thing is the church has got the theology and has become arrogant and entitled with the theology without moving in the area of influence. And we are satisfied thinking, oh my salary is increasing, my this thing is happening. But look at the heart of the father. The heart of the father is to disciple nations. That's why we again and again, we again and again, we tell you that if you want to be blessed, the first thing is to be planted in the church with your heart and your mind. Not just mechanically. Yeah, I'm going to church. Yeah, the pastor saw me today, so it's good. Not just to do a 
checklist, you know, just complete a checklist. No, it is for your heart and your mind that as you're planted in the church, God's agenda for the church is to disciple nations. You can't disciple nations if one Sunday you're going to this church and the other Sunday you're going to that church. You're not planted anywhere. Only if you're planted, only if you're rooted, you can become the hands and the feet and, you know, (laughs) kidneys and heart of the church. You're, you're meant to be planted, not, not just visitation. You're not a visitor. You're meant to be planted. Because as you're planted, you are intertwining with the purpose of the church that God has. And then as you intertwine, as you're planted, as you're established in that word, God starts increasing your area of influence. Our heart is the Garden of Eden. And God wants us to work on that garden so that the garden will expand and more people, through that area of influence of our heart, more people will know the loving Father. That's our agenda. That's why transformation in the church is the more important thing than your external circumstances changing. You can keep praying for your increase of salary, but if you get transformed once in that area, you'll, not, you'll stop praying. You'll stop praying for promotion. We come to church just for a change in our external circumstances. It could be in an area of healing, it could be in an area of finances, area of relationship, somewhere, Lord, do something, do something, do something. But here's the thing, if you get transformed... If you get transformed, the change in external circumstances will be based on your words. What do you want? Do you want external circumstances to throw you here to and fro? Or do you want to be the, do you want to have a say in your external circumstances? So if the storm comes up, you say, no. Calm down. I mean, there are, when, when the sea is raging, you can still walk on the water. Do you want that? That only happens when you are transformed internally than wait for external circumstances. That's why I began the sermon by saying, all that you need is God's word. Because it is God's word that will transform you. And when you are transformed, your circumstances will transform. Amen. I'm telling you guys, you don't have to pray another day for your external circumstances to change if you receive the word that transforms you. Can I say this again? You don't have to pray another day for your external circumstances to change if you receive the word that transforms you. All that you need today is God's word. All that you need today is God's word. So, what are you praying for? What are you believing for? Healing, finances, health, restoration of relationships, maybe marriage, maybe having children, whatever those areas are, what is the word that the Lord has given you? If you haven't received a word from the Lord, then receive. All that you need is God's word. 
God's word can become anything that you need it to be. You need God's word so that the word can transform you. And transformed person can change the circumstances. You know, during Blessed Life Conference, I, I said something. The blessing that you are praying for, how many of you are praying for blessings? Wow, nobody wants to raise hands. What a serious Sunday. I should have started the sermon with a joke. How many of you are praying for your blessings, right? The blessing that you're praying for, the blessing that you are seeking, is also seeking you. But cannot find you because the blessing is looking for an upgraded, transformed version of who you are. Because if you receive the blessing as you are right now, the blessing will come and crush you. So in God's grace and mercy, He waits. He lets the blessing come to you when you are transformed and upgraded to handle that blessing. There's a statistics done that almost 85% of the people who receive a lottery, they become broke. They got multi-million dollars of lottery, just like that. But they became broke very soon. You know why? Because they don't have the capacity to handle it. Don't pray for your external circumstances to change. I'm saying you, there are some times when we need to pray because it's like firefighting, right? That's fine. But what I'm saying is, overall, when you pray, we are asking God, God, give me a word that will transform me. Transform me by a word. So that when I am transformed by, by your word, I can walk on these external circumstances. I can overpower them. I don't have to be scared. I can fight through it. I can battle through it. Amen. When, if you don't know, uh, last week we did like a conference here two days conference and we are teaching on faith and the blessing of God and just before the conference a couple of days ago I was, I was feeling I was not feeling it I was feeling why are we doing this conference this month has been so busy we had so many meetings so many you know weddings to be prepared for already we are stressed in our finances so I was feeling that thing I was feeling very uncomfortable and then I began to think, did I even ask the Lord if he wanted to do this conference or am I just doing it of my own will? So the Monday morning, when the conference was begin to, you know, it was, it, was, it was to begin, I was in my house and I was praying and I was like, God, I don't know, I feel so clueless. And I heard the Lord say one thing, you go for it, I'll back you up. That was one word that I needed. I came for the conference and I saw God's backing all throughout. All throughout God's backing. It was like God, you know, bringing his word as a hammer. Right? Because all that you need is God's word. All that you need is God's word. Then after the conference got over, We go out to celebrate someone's birthday, and that night I'm feeling feverish, I'm feeling sick. Just before I go to sleep, I say, Lord, you have healed me. The finished work of Jesus is upon my life. I reject sickness, and I slept off. 
woke up in the middle of the night feeling so nauseous, feeling puking, I was feeling so bad. I walked out of my bedroom, sat in the couch for some time, just prayed, and I said, I don't receive this. This is not my portion. And just before I slept, I believed that in two hours when I wake up, I'll be fine. I declared God's word, slept. Two hours later, I was completely fine. No issue. Completely fine. Yeah? You want to hear more? So, the next day I came to office and I heard some bad news, you know. You know, when you're a pastor, you're connected with a lot of people. You, you hear stuff about what's happening in their life. So, just heard a lot of bad news that day. A lot of bad news. And then, I felt a voice in my heart. Ah, it's going bad. This week is bad. This quarter is bad. Prepare for the worst. How many of you have heard something like that? It's going bad. It's going to turn even worse. What you know, you know. I heard that. And I entertained it for some time. So what am I hearing? Stuff that is negative. Stuff that is absolutely pulling me off. And... Uh, I also have facts to prove, facts as evidence that what this voice is telling me is true. But somewhere the Holy Spirit worked in me, within me and I realized that those are not my thoughts. That's the devil who's trying to discourage me. So I took a moment and I, I, I rebuked the devil and I said, I rebuke this over my life. I rebuke this over this church. I rebuke this over the businesses and careers that people have and are connected to this ministry. I speak the blessing of overflow. I have stepped into the overflow and I believe that this is my portion. Now, as soon as I did that, I had a spiritual download, a revelation. The revelation is, you know, when the devil comes and tells you, nags you, first of all, when the devil comes and tells you and nags you, he does not do in third person, he does it in first person. What do I mean by that? He will never come and say, you are going through this. You are a disappointment. You are a failure. He'll come to you and he'll pretend to be you and he'll say, I am a failure. I am a disappointment. I am going through this. Now, the moment you take ownership that this is my reality, it begins to happen because you've given permission to the devil. So you have to recognize how the devil will deceive. Okay? Now, what I learned was when the devil comes to sow seeds of discouragement and disappointment, it is because he has an information that you don't have. When he is discouraging you, Making you feel that everything is going bad, it's going to get worse, he has an information that you still haven't received. What's the information that he has? He knows something great is coming your way, and the best thing that he can do is to distract you. See, when the devil knows that he can't do anything with you because you are already planted in God's word, you're established in God's word. The next thing that he can do, and the only thing he can do, is distract you. Throw things so that you look there, 
all this while you were on the word you were standing on the word you were planted on the word you were meditating you were confessing you were declaring and now he'll throw circumstances at you so that you will be distracted why because this is coming up this is birthing up so i'm telling you prophetically i today in the morning i saw a spring birthing up from a dry ground a spring birthing up from a dry ground and that spring has the potential to water not just your house not just your family but to water the entire earth that's why the devil will bring circumstances to remind you hey this is the fact this is the evidence of what i'm trying to tell you that you are going to die very soon your situation is not going to change your finances are not going to improve your relationship that you're praying for just leave it it's going to remain the same give up and die because he knows he knows the great harvest that is coming amen that's why i'm telling you if you can hear the devil's voice more than god's voice <laughs> you know when adam and eve came to god and they said i am naked god told them who told you who who needs to tell me <laughs> you know we entertain information that we don't need to know because because of being familiar with a certain level of glory we you know we step we step away we step away and we start hearing and entertaining these negative thoughts and take ownership of that so when you're hearing it, the voice of the devil that is negative that is throwing circumstances at you facts at you telling you bad report and giving you projection right how many of you the devil gives you projection you know in company they give you projection if you acquire this your profit will be so much but the devil gives you projection of your losses have you faced that that the enemy giving you projection this quarter is this next quarter will be bad then 20% more decline have you seen projections that the enemy has given you when you experience something like that instead of just receiving it just like that look at the opposite of what he's telling you because that is what god is doing he's scared do you know do you know that the enemy is scared of you walking in dominion of you walking as the rightful heir of god he is scared that's why he will keep distracting you keep pulling your attention keep how many people come to church get offended and don't come to church again how many people you find many how many people get offended in a hospital and go don't go to hospital again i got offended by the doctor now i'll not go to the doctor again or how many of you got offended in a grocery store and never went to grocery store again or how many of you were offended in a mcdonald's you know a waiter offended you i've i've had crazy conversations how many of you had experiences like that and you decided i'm never going to mcdonald's again but why is it why is it that people get offended in the church and they don't want to go to church you know why it's the it's the deception of the enemy to disconnect you being planted in the church is the umbilical cord that you have so that the life of god can flow in and through you 
So if he can disconnect you, what is going to happen? You're not going to experience life. Amen? Did you receive something from it? <laughs> oh, this is so funny. Amen. You are called to be the son, to have dominion. Yeah. Dominion over what? Not dominion over people. Dominion over sickness, over sin, over demonic oppression. We have dominion over these things so that this garden that we have can expand and we can include more people. The purpose why, by, for which you have received the Holy Spirit is so that you can disciple nations. So don't get satisfied. I'm trying to tell you, don't get satisfied when your prayers get answered. A couple of your prayers get answered. I was praying for this promotion. I was praying for this job offer. I was praying for this boy. And now everybody has said yes. Don't get satisfied because that's not why you are here. Meaning that those are good things. Please understand my heart. Those are good things and you should believe and pray for more. Yes, but that's not the real essence of why you are here. You are here. The purpose is to disciple nations. Amen. Disciple nations. Ask of me and I shall give you nations as inheritance. So when you are praying to God for your 1,500 square feet of house, believe God that one day He's going to give you nations as inheritance. Amen. He's giving you that house so that you can be a blessing even more. So we, we, we rejoice in what the Lord is doing right now. But we are not done yet. There's so much more glory that we can receive. So if your salary, you know, increased three times, that's amazing. Amazing. But God is not done yet. Amen? Guys, what I'm trying to tell you is live a life completely set apart for the kingdom. You want to experience dominion? Live a life completely crazy set apart for the kingdom. If you live a life like that, even if you don't have money in the account, whatever you put your heart on for the purpose of God, money will flow. It will flow. It has to flow. See, the more inward we become, my heart, my life, my family, my heart, the more inward we become, we are like coiling ourselves. And then we see one answer to prayer, we become excited. Give testimony that day and begin to encourage everybody. Then the next day, we are still living a selfish life. Become a selfless person who lives for the kingdom. There, there is no two things, you know. This is my kingdom life. When I go to Sunday, I'm like kingdom oriented. And I, you know, I'll give my time. I'll give my energy. I'll work with excellence. You know, the pastor will say good word. I'll receive it. And then from Monday to Friday, this is my secular life. There is no two different lives. Don't be a hypocrite. You have only one life, which is your kingdom life. That same attitude that you have on a Sunday, bring it on Monday to Saturday as well. You have one life. Because if you have these, these two personalities, I'm telling you, your children will be so confused when they, are, you know, when they are growing up. My church people are like this. They talk a different language. But in my house, it's completely different. One life. You are here to live for the kingdom. For the kingdom. 
everybody wants to be blessed but you will not be blessed unless there is there is not a purpose that you have stepped into is there anybody who does not want to be blessed everybody wants to be blessed but why will the blessing come the blessing comes with a purpose what is a purpose if you want to know the purpose the first step is be planted in the church because your purpose god given purpose is intertwined with the purpose of the body of jesus god will not give you a purpose that is contrary to the body of christ i can tell you that with assurance god will not give you a purpose that is independent of the body of jesus what is my purpose be planted in the local church first live for the kingdom amen live for the kingdom you might be like, i don't find purpose in the career that i'm doing that's fine but as you live for the kingdom you will see how god is connecting both live for the kingdom see i i knew from my childhood somewhere i knew i was called i knew i was chosen but then i'm doing engineering and i'm thinking how is engineering this is where i need to be but how is engineering connected after my bachelor's i did masters starting a business and still i'm not able to understand how is this happening a man of god he came to me this is what was happening in my heart a man of god came to me and he prayed for me and he said sam don't worry you are called for ministry but when that time will come it will be like a shift of gear it will be so automatic so smooth that the transition will happen even without you knowing be faithful where you are when god wants to transition you he will transition you but don't worry about that is where i need to go but i'm here you don't worry about it you be faithful where you are for what you are called for right now today daily obedience is how you get to the vision not you trying to figure out your own way god gave me a vision let me sleep with hagar maybe that's how you do it daily obedience is your way to the vision so even when you feel like where you are right now is like so far away i'm telling you there's a tiny door that only god knows once you open up you just step into that vision it just happens automatically amen daily obedience but that happens when you're planted in the church planted in the church be planted be submitted don't move from one place to another so many i'm telling you guys in, in even in this church i i find it so funny i really find it funny when people are planted in multiple church at the same time and they'll use okay let's not go there lord give me mercy be planted in one place guys how many families are you planted in when when you were a child from how many places did you have your lunch did you have it at home or did you go to each different neighbor each time can i have lunch with you as the shepherd of this house i can only take responsibility of the food that i feed you to the side as a shepherd of this house i can only take responsibility of the food that i feed you 
I cannot take responsibility of the food that you ate from somewhere else and then you have loose motions and then you come to me. I can pray for you, but I can't take responsibility of that. Don't be a YouTube Christian. Be planted in a church. I love what Pastor Samar said. When, when you were a child and you went to a restaurant and your parents gave you the menu, what would you choose when you were a child? You would choose all the things that were sweet. But at home, you don't get desserts a lot, right? You get all the things that sometimes even taste bitter because it's good for your health. So when you go on YouTube looking for the menu, what are the things that you're looking for? What are the messages that you're looking for? It's all that is sweet. But not all sweet things is what you need. That's why God plants you in the church so that even when things that you think is bitter is actually good for your health. Don't be a YouTube Christian. I'm telling you. Don't be a YouTube Christian. Be planted in a church and may the word and the DNA of the church become your DNA. I'm telling you guys, why? Live a simple life. See what the Lord is doing within you. See what the Lord is doing within your area of influence. And be faithful in it. And may God bless you. There was this doctor, the Christian doctor. Very famous. He did, he did a very complicated operation of uh, separating two twins. Uh, a very famous doctor in the US. His mother would tell him, don't stay in front of the TV so much. If you don't stay in front of the TV, one day people will be watching you in TV. No? Okay. That's okay. It's okay. You'll get it. What I'm trying to say is, if you keep looking at what is happening in other people's life, who is tending your garden? You tend your own garden. Live a simple life. My question is, are you planted in this church? Or wherever you are planted. Ask yourself, are you planted there? If you're planted there, given your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, given everything that you have. Because as you become obedient to his voice, being planted in that church, as the church increases in dominion, as the church increases in the area of influence, so shall you be blessed. So shall you be blessed. You know, when we started the church, we were like, what, three, five people, and we all came from different backgrounds, and we had literally nothing. And as the church grew, we saw that we grew. All of us grew. This is the third place that we have moved into and we know we have seen the goodness of the Lord. Our, our blessing is connected to the growth of the church. Our growth is connected to the growth of the church. So you want to grow first? You want to grow faster? Be planted in the church, serve in the church and as the church grows you will see growth and blessing in your life as well. Don't be a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday church member. Okay, you are enrolled in the full-time service of the kingdom. Say, I'm a full-time service of the kingdom. You are in full-time service, not part-time service. You know, full-time ministry, part-time ministry. You are in full-time service. 
Yeah, Monday to Saturday, you're going to the job. Yes, definitely, you're going to the job. But primarily, you are in full-time service of the kingdom. You are representing the kingdom at all times. When you live a life completely set apart for the kingdom, anything that you put your heart and mind, anything that you put your heart and mind into it, it will happen. You'll have the backing up of the kingdom. Live a blessed life. Amen? Live a life for the kingdom. Not just on Sundays. Live a life for the kingdom. Amen. God bless you. Come on, let's close our eyes. Father, we pray that we'll start thinking generationally. We'll think multi-generation. Not just about our generation, but we'll think about our children's children's children. We'll think about your purposes, O oh Lord. Let our lives be let our lives be circling upon your purposes and your kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom. Lord, I speak right now that fresh hunger for your word and your kingdom. Fresh hunger. Not just to get spiritually obese with doctrines and revelation, but to live out, live out a life of dominion in loving people. Living out a life of dominion Calling out for nations to be, become their inheritance. Discipling nations. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. That we will get up from our comfortable, comfortable lives and our convenient lives. And we'll walk into freedom. Into freedom. Into freedom of receiving the kingdom. Into, into the freedom of saying that nations, this nation has to change. This nation has to know the love of God. This nation has to experience the gospel of Jesus. Give us, give us the hunger, O oh Lord. Lord, we ask you for nations as inheritance, Lord. Give us the hunger, O oh Lord. Give us the hunger. Give us the hunger for your word. Give us the hunger for your... Ah, give us the hunger for your spirit, O oh Lord. Give us the hunger. Give us the hunger. Pray freshness of your hunger. Pray freshness, freshness, freshness in the name of Jesus. To take dominion, O oh Lord. To take dominion. To take dominion. To represent to the broken world the loving Father that you are. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Forgive us of our small thinking. Lord, we repent from our small thinking. We, rep we repent from our selfish mind. Let our hearts, oh Lord, be laid out, be poured out for the kingdom. Let our hearts be poured out for the kingdom. Lord, we want to live a life for you and for your kingdom. Even when our prayers are not answered, I just pray, Lord, that we'll be rooted in your word to live for the kingdom. To live for the kingdom. The kingdom takes prominence in our thoughts. Jesus. Live a set-apart life. To live a set-apart life for the kingdom.
I pray, O Lord, perseverance that builds character come. Perseverance, perseverance, to persevere in the in the season that they are in. Perseverance, O Lord. Perseverance, O Lord. Perseverance, O Lord. Perseverance, O Lord. To walk through the fire. Perseverance, O Lord. Lord, I speak, O Lord, fresh, fresh hunger. Fresh hunger, fresh hunger, fresh hunger, fresh hunger, fresh hunger. Not to get, not to get puffed up in our minds, but fresh hunger, fresh hunger, fresh hunger, fresh hunger, fresh hunger. For those who are planted will flourish. For those who are planted will flourish. For those who are planted in the house of God will flourish in His courts. For those who are planted in the, in the house of God, they shall flourish in His courts. Lord, I pray, O oh Lord, that you will give a revelation to your children that you are their Abba Father. You're not just a God who fulfills their desires. You're not just a shopkeeper, a heavenly shopkeeper or a, <laughs> or, a, or a highly, highly powerful fairy. But you are our Father. You're our Heavenly Father whom we have relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you will restore intimacy, O oh Lord. Intimacy over intimacy over blessings, O oh Lord. Intimacy. Intimacy. Lord, I speak, I speak instant intimacy to flood their hearts right now, O oh Lord. Right now, O oh Lord. Right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. Lord, so that they'll stop being so self-absorbed in their lives, O oh Lord. And start looking at you and say, you are the only thing that we desire. It's better to be in your house. Oh, one day is better. One day is better to be in your house because this is one thing that I desire. I desire to be in your house and to gaze at your beauty. That's all that I care for. Yes, Lord. Birth in us a new passion, a deep hunger, deep hunger. Let it be birth. Oh 
you know, for some of you, some are waiting for something to happen to validate that the Lord is on your side. Can I tell you something? That your transformation is enough evidence that God is working in and through you. Yes, you're waiting for that promise to come through and it hasn't happened, but come on. God is bigger than that promise. God is bigger than that miracle. God is bigger than that breakthrough. He is your heavenly father. This relationship that you have with him is more precious than anything else. So will you will you just readjust your priorities today? Will you readjust your priorities that is causing disappointment in your life? Will you readjust your priorities and say, Jesus, I thank you for you are the Lord of my life. This is the biggest blessing that I have, that you are the Lord of my life. And that I've been restored to the Father. That I've been restored to the Father. That I'm called as God's child. That I'm called as God's son. Come on. Yeah. Jesus. And I exalt. I exalt you above our circumstances. And I exalt. Oh. Oh, Lord. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. against the knowledge of God. May peace 
may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus as you grow in the knowledge of Jesus grace and peace will be multiplied to you multiplication is upon your life grow in the knowledge of God and you shall see grace and peace being multiplied you shall see favor being multiplied you shall see special treatment being multiplied you shall see unusual doors of opportunity opening and it being multiplied grow in the knowledge of God grow in the intimacy of God grow come on we just want to prioritize in growing in the knowledge of Jesus Jesus you're all that I want you're all that I want I want to grow in intimacy my heart to be to be moisturized my heart to be to be grounded in your love your love is all that I want your love is all that I seek more than all the unanswered prayers I pray today oh Lord Jesus that you're all that I want and I have you right now as you are yes Jesus is the greatest blessing that I have received. Jesus is the greatest blessing that I have received. Amen. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.